Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The Chasm by Bryce Walton This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman It was a war of survival, children against old men, and not a chance in the world to bridge the chasm by Bryce Walton. The old man's face was turning gray with fatigue under the wrinkled brown. He was beginning to get that deadly catching pain in his left chest, but he forced himself to move again. His ragged, dusty uniform of the old home guard blending into the rubble the way a lizard merges with sand. He hobbled behind a pile of masonry and peered through the crack. He angled his bald head, listening. His hands never really stopped quivering these days, and the automatic rifle barrel made a fluttering crackle on the concrete. He lowered the barrel, then wiped his face with a bandana. He thought he heard a creeping rustle over there, but he didn't see any sign of the children. He'd been picked to reconnoiter because his eyes were only comparatively good. The truth was, he couldn't see too well especially when the sun, reflecting on the flat, naked angles of the ruined town, made his eyes smart and water. And now his head was beginning to throb. A dust-devil danced away, whirling a funnel of dust. Sal Lemon looked at it, and then he slid from behind the rubble and moved along down the shattered block, keeping to the wall of jagged holes and broken walls that had once been the main street of town. He remembered with a wry expression on his face that he had passed his ninety-fourth birthday eight days back. He had never thought he could be concerned with whether he'd lived to see his ninety-fifth, because there had always been a feeling that by the time he was ninety-four he would have made his peace with himself and with whatever was outside. He moved warily like a dusty rabbit in and out of the ruins, sinking through the sun's dead noon glare. He stopped and crouched in the shade behind a pile of slag that had once been an iron statue of some important historical figure. He contacted Captain Murphy on the walkie-talkie. "'Don't see any signs of children.' "'Max says he saw some around there,' Murphy yelled. "'Max is getting too old.' Guess he's seeing things. He saw them right around there somewhere. Haven't seen him either. We haven't heard another word from Max here, Sal. The old man shrugged. How could the children have gotten through our post defenses? He looked away down the white glare of the street. You're supposed to be finding out, Murphy yelled. 
He had a good voice for a man too much short of being a hundred. He liked to show it off. Then Sal thought he saw an odd fluttering movement down the block. I'll report in a few minutes, he said, and then he edged along next to the angled wall. A disturbed stream of plaster whispered down and ran off his shoulder. Near the corner he stopped. Max, he said. He whispered it several times. Max? That you, Max? He moved nearer to the blob on the concrete. Heat waves radiated up around it, and it seemed to quiver and dance. He dropped the walkie-talkie. There wasn't even enough left of Max to take back in or put under the ground. He heard a metallic clank, and the manhole cover moved, and then he saw them coming up over the edge. He ran, and behind him he could hear their screams and cries, and their feet striking hard over the blisters, cracks, and dried-out holes in the dead town's skin. He dodged into the rubble and fell and got up and kept on running. The pain was like something squeezing in his belly, and he kept on running because he wanted to live and because he had to tell others that the children were indeed inside the post defenses. He knew now how they had come in, through the sewers, under the defenses. He began to feel and hear them crawling, digging, moving, all over beneath the ruins, waiting to come out in a filthy, screaming stream. Sal was still resting at the corner of the old warehouse by the river. The lantern hung on a beam, and the dark floor was covered with deep, moving shadows. Captain Murphy was pacing in a circle, looking like something sewn together by a nervous seamstress. Dr. Cartley sat on a canvas chair, elbows on knees, chin in his hands. He kept looking at the floor. He was in his early eighties, and sometimes seemed like a young man to Sal. His ideas, maybe. He thought differently about the children, and where things were going. "'We're going to get out tonight,' Captain Murphy said again. "'We'll get the barge loaded, and we'll get out.' Saul sat up a bit. The pills had made his heart settle down a bit, and his hands were comparatively calm. "'Is the barge almost loaded now?' "'It better be,' Saul said. "'They'll attack any minute now. I know that much.' "'Another hour's all we need. If they attack before then, we can hold them off long enough to get that barge into the river. Once we get into the river with it, we'll be safe.' We can float her down and into the sea. Somewhere along the coast we'll land, and whatever it is will be fine for us. We'll have licked the children. They know we've got the only edible food stores in God knows how many thousands of miles in this goddamn wasteland. They can't live another month without this stuff, and we're taking it all down the river. That's right, isn't it, Doc? Cartley looked up. But as I said before, squeezing a little more life out of ourselves doesn't mean anything to me. What do we want to get away and live a little longer for? It doesn't make sense, except in a ridiculous, selfish way. So we live another month, maybe six months, 
or a year longer what for saul glanced at murphy who finally sat down we want to live murphy said thickly and he gripped his hands together survival it's a natural law what about the survival of the species cartley asked by running out and taking the food we're killing ourselves anyway so i don't think i'll be with you murphy what are you going to do stay here they'll torture you to death they'll do to you what they did to donaldson and all the others they've caught you want to stay for that kind of treatment we ought to try running off taking all this food that means they're sure to die inside a few weeks they might catch a few rats or birds but there aren't even enough of those around to sustain life beyond a few days so we kill the future just so we can go on living a little longer we've got no reason to live when we know the race will die my wife refused to fight them they killed her that's true but i still think she was right we've got to make one more attempt to establish some kind of truce with the children if we have that then we might be able to start building up some kind of relationship the only way they can survive even if they had food is to absorb our knowledge you know that without our knowledge and experience they'll die anyway even if they had a thousand years of food supplies it can't be done murphy said cartley looked at the shadows for a long time finally he shook his head i don't have any idea how to do it but we should try we can't use discipline and power because we're too weak and too outnumbered we'd have to do that first in order to teach them and we can't so there has to be some other way faith sal said he shook his head they don't believe in anything you can't make any appeal to them through faith or ethics or any kind of code of honor nothing like that they're worse than animals cartley stood up wearily and started to walk away they hate us he said that's the only thing we're sure of we're the means and they're the ends we made them what they are they're brutalized and motivated almost completely by hatred and what's underneath hatred he fumed back toward murphy fear sal stood up i never thought of em as being afraid he said that doesn't matter murphy said it's the hate and the vicious brutality we have to deal with you do whatever you want to do cartley we've voted and we voted to move the stuff out tonight on the barge the world we help make is dead cartley the children grew up in a world we killed we've all got bad consciences but we can't do anything about it the chasm between them and us is too wide it was wide even before the bombs fell and the bombs made it a hell of a lot wider too wide to put any kind of bridge across now just the same we ought to die trying cartley said when he went outside sal followed him the barge was about loaded all outer defense units had been pulled in 
and were concentrating on the head of the pier behind the walls of sandbags burp guns and machine guns were ready and the barge lay alongside the pier in the moonlight like a dead whale there were several sewer openings near the head of the pier men were stationed around these sewers with automatic rifles hand grenades and flamethrowers sal walked to where cartley stood leaning against the partly closed door of the rotting warehouse jagged splitters of steel and wood angled out against the sky after a while sal said softly well what would we try to do doc cartley turned quickly some of the anguish in his eyes had gone away and he gripped sal's shoulders in hands surprisingly strong for so old a man you want to help me try i guess i do like you said we only have a little time left anyway if we can't help the children what's the good of it they stood there in the shadows a while not saying anything this way cartley said he led sal down away from the pier and along the water's edge dry reeds rustled and mud squished under their shoes here cartley said there was a small flat-bottomed rowboat and in it were several cartons of food supplies all in cans there were also several large tins of water we'll need a little time cartley said we'll have to wait i figure we'll row upstream maybe a few hundred yards and hole up in one of those caves we can watch sal we can watch and wait and try to figure it out sure sal said that seems the only way to start cartley sat down on the bank near the boat and sal sat down too the children said cartley never had a chance to be any other way but we're the oldsters and we've got this obligation sal man's a cultural animal he isn't born with any inherent concepts of right or wrong or good or bad or even an ability to survive on an animal level we have to be taught to survive by the elders sal and we're the elders he hesitated we're the only ones left a flare of horrid light exploded over the warehouse down river and it lit up cartley's face and turned it a shimmering crimson his hands widened to a perfect roundness and he raised his hands in a voiceless scream to stop the sudden explosions of burp guns grenades machine guns and rifles looking down river then saul could see the flames eating up through the warehouse the pier the barge everything for a hundred square yards was lit up as bright as day and the flare spread out over the river and made a black ominous shadow of the opposite bank they're getting away cartley said saul watched the barge move out the children came screaming out of the blazing warehouse over and the pier streamed into the water but a steady blast of fire from the barge drove them back and in a few minutes the barge dissolved down river into darkness cartley's hands were shaking as he gripped saul's arm let's go now we need time time may help us a lot sal 
We have to wait and watch. We can figure something out. Saul heard the screams and mocking, savage cries coming up over the water, and then the jagged cries of some oldsters who hadn't managed to get away. Still looking downstream toward the blazing pier, Sal pushed Cartley into the rowboat, and they shoved off. Sal started rowing, but he kept looking back. They should have put them in the same shelter with us, Sal said. That would have made a difference. But they put us in separate shelters. Only the oldsters and the youngsters had been saved. The old out of pity because they were helpless and had been granted the safety of shelters. The young because they were symbols of hope and had been granted shelters too. No, said Cartley. It started long before that. The chasm was built up long before the war. This alienation between the youth and the old, between the sun and the seed. That's what we have to bring back, Sal. Between us we have stored up a hundred and seventy-nine years of human culture. There isn't a kid back there, Sal, that's more than twelve years old. We'll find a way, Sal said. The rowboat was about fifteen feet from the thick reeds growing in the marshy ooze of the bank. Cartley heard the sound first and turned, his face white. When Sal looked toward the bank, he saw a girl. She came on out from the curtain of reeds and looked at them. She was perfectly clear in the moonlight, standing there. She wore a short, ragged print dress, and she had long hair that seemed silken and soft and golden in the moonlight, even though it, her dress, her little legs and her face, were streaked with mud. Sal hesitated, then pulled heavily on his left oar, and the boat nosed toward her. Up close Sal could see her face, the clear blue eyes wet, and the tears running down her cheeks. The girl reached out and asked in a sobbing breath, Grandpa? Is that you, Grandpa? Oh, God! Oh, God! Cartley said. He was crying as he picked her up and got her into the boat. He was rocking her in his arms, and half crying and half laughing as Sal rowed the boat upstream. Yes, yes, honey, Sal heard Cartley say over and over. I'm your grandpa, honey. Don't cry. Go to sleep now. I'm your grandpa, and I've been looking for you, honey. And now everything's going to be all right. It's funny, Sal thought, as he kept rowing upstream. It's a funny thing how one little girl remembered her grandpa. And now maybe that was the beginning of the bridge across the chasm. The End of The Chasm by Bryce Walton <laughs>